Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. God is the one who will lead us and guide us in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Hello? All right, there we are. Hello and welcome to Zero Today. I am your humble host, Dr. Lorenzo Deal, hailing from Cajun, fan, Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation, promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming and empowering you, our listeners, to knowing and impacting the world around you. As always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. You can join us on all our social media. Uh, Facebook page is Pastor Lorenzo Deals Zero Network on Facebook. Go there, like that page. Listen to all the archive shows there. Follow us also on Twitter at Zero Radio, at Z-E-R-A Radio on Twitter. My personal handle, Lorenzo T. Neal on Twitter, at Lorenzo T. Neal. Also, we are, you can shoot us an email, Pastor Lorenzo Deal at gmail.com. We appreciate all that you're doing. Uh, we invite you to become a patron of this uh, this show support us is all we do and go to patreon.com slash Lorenzo T. Neal and for a little as a dollar a month you can support this work for Zero Today. Follow us on YouTube check out our YouTube channel also go check out the uh, newest blog I just wrote out earlier this year called Be Your Differentiated Self on anchor.fm and uh, you can go there and listen to that it's a, a whole different format and whole different um uh what was I looking for? <laughs> I lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's too early in the morning for this. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh we really appreciate it. Uh it was a lot I want to get into today. Uh the church, the conspiracies, and of course COVID nineteen. Um this has been uh, a crazy month. I tell you, this uh, actually this has been a crazy year. 2020 has been a crazy year. It's been it's been one for the record books in my lifetime. I tell you that much. Um it's been it's it's been one, <laughs> it's been a roller coaster of a year so far. And if it, it's just a, going into the second quarter of this year, <laughs> boy, oh boy. I guess we have a lot to look forward to. <laughs> And the rest of the year. <laughs> Welcome to the next next decade of 2000. Anyway, um, I I do hope and pray that all of you are safe and that you are uh, taking into consideration your life and the lives of others as you go about doing your business. I want to extend my greatest commendations to all these essential workers. I'm talking about those who are still working in the fast food restaurants, those delivery drivers, those mail carriers, those um, UPS, FedEx, DHS, or whatever, Uh, (laughs) those carriers, those truckers, uh, long-haul truckers, cross-country truckers, regional truckers, those city and municipal workers, you know, you're picking up your garbage, making sure the water stays on, um, 
of course, our first responders, our EMTs, our officers, our um, uh, fire fire persons, fire people. <laughs> Y'all know firefighters. Oh my God, uh, those grocery store workers. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for what you're doing, and for the unseen people around this country and around this world, those missionaries who are still uh, serving in countries because they can't come to the states and, and they're still serving there at the risk of their own lives. Thank you. Uh, this this broadcast goes around the world, and um, I just want to say thank you for all the work that you're doing to my, my family and on the African continent. I know it's a very distressful time. Many of you already had uh, very few resources, and those resources, because your country or your region is being locked down, it's is causing greater uh, a greater sense of scarcity. I pray for you, but I also give commendations to you for your tenacity. You guys have made it through tougher times that we can't even imagine. Famines, terrorists, um, rebellions all across the continent of Africa. You are a people who we should look for, look to uh, regarding endurance, perseverance, and all of this. But I, I just want to say also to those uh, persons in, in, who are working in the prisons, your guards, your chaplains, your administrators, whoever you are, thank you. It's a tough time for everybody. But those that I listen, and I didn't even listen to all of them, you know, uh, you all are still on the front lines. And we just, I just want to take this time to say thank you. For my brothers and sisters who work in ministry, you're a pastor, you're an evangelist, uh, uh, whatever you may be, um, and it's difficult for you. I understand, and I'm with you on that, because it's been very challenging. But those of us who are used to serving in corporate worship uh, uh, atmospheres and places, it's been very challenging. But the Lord is still faithful, so we have to promote that. And um, I, I want to give commendations to the governors, the mayors, and yes, even President Trump for leadership they're providing. Now, we can't agree on – I don't want to see why we don't agree on everything. Well, nah, we won't ever agree on everything. But you know, I hate that this this virus, this epidemic, this pandemic has become uh, here in the states political, and I, I despise it. And I don't I don't see why people why particularly mainstream media are fighting against it. I don't know why. Well, I do. Trump is uh, President Trump is petty. You know, that's just part of his character. And you already know he's going to do something off the whim. But why? I don't know. But it's it's, it's a very, very, it's a very, very disturbing time for me regarding that part. Politicize everything, particularly the last 12 years. The last 12 years has been politicized. When President Obama was in office, Everything that he did that was in public interest and particularly positively in public interest uh, regarding, you know, leading the nation in mourning after so many deaths uh, and helping bring the nation together after a lot of things. It, it, It was, you know, it was politicized. And now we have President Trump in office and, um, um, we we we're we're seeing the politicization of uh, of a pandemic and it is just terrible. But uh, I, I'm gonna talk about that a little bit later. I I just I just wanted to first just give my commendations to everyone. I have not been writing and I I think I need to write something to reflect what I I just said because it's it's just re- it's really really important to me and to all others. That we make it known public during this time, and this is my platform, so I'm able to do so, to let them know that we are grateful. We are grateful for the millions of of Americans here um, in our country who 
have been temporarily without work and you're forced to uh, file for unemployment, maybe for the first time in your um, professional career, I empathize with you and I sympathize with you. And I, I, I believe our country will return back to a sense of normalcy soon. And just keep your hope up. Uh, and again, I give commendation to these to these uh, state leaders, these state governors, uh, who though may uh, have opposite political ideologies, are doing their best to try to serve the people of their state. And I know there's some who are reaching politically, and you know they're pandering politically, and I understand that. You you know this is your how you get reelected, but you know my thing is always put people first, and, and I guess I'm going to lead off with this whole why people are protesting, opening up the government, um, and I am of the opinion yes we need to uh, forge ahead as much as we can so that our economy does not not only stall but collapse. That's that's just reality, you know. As much as I I want to keep sheltering in place, I understand the need for us to, you know, open up gradually in sectors of the country, which leads me to the the you know Georgia governor and the, all the other governors, including our own here in Mississippi, stating that they are uh, well. I don't know about uh, Georgia, but here in Mississippi, they're easing re- restrictions. They're not opening up the state, not opening up other things, just easing restrictions to allow people to have a sense of normalcy and that's a good thing and um <laughs> the governor of the governor of Georgia is taking a whole lot of uh heat for opening up nail salons and barbershop bowling alleys and <laughs> i i know a lot of i know a lot of folk are 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 happy that they may be able to go to their barber or their hairdresser or whatever uh, next week. But there are a lot of people who are, uh, are say, "Hmm, wonder why this happened." And I'm, I don't want to get too far in my head itself, ahead of myself because I'm going to be talking about some of these conspiracies um, and why why are church folks so gullible. Why are we so gullible? Why, in particular, are black church folks so gullible? This <laughs> conspiracies. You know, it, it, it's 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 crazy. So yeah, I also I want to take this opportunity to extend my deepest condolences to the leadership of the Church of God in Christ. Um, and it seems that uh, the Kojic Church has been the hardest hit of any faith community, Protestant, uh, Roman Catholic, or any other. You know, uh, faith community. They've been the hardest hit. And the question, they've lost at least uh, a dozen of their bishops, jurisdictional bishops, and general board, uh, not a couple of, I think, or at least one general board member or presiding bishop. Um, Not presiding Bishop Blake. I'm, I'm just saying, member of the general board, the council of bishops or board of bishops, or however they, uh, they call it. Um, but that's a, that's a tough hit. Then I read on the Christian Post uh, one pastor in New York, I think uh, the name of the church is Mount Nebo, has lost uh, uh, just about eleven or thirteen members to the virus, and he's feeling he's in great pain. You know, he's in, he's 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 lost. You know, because church is a family, and I talked about that in my dissertation, my uh, doctoral research. Not only is it an organization, but many times this organization is is a family. You know, it's, it's it's constructed around families. And when you're serving as a pastor, you you realize you're serving as part of a family. You you become an extended family member for some of these people, for most of these people, not all. <laughs> but you know to have such loss in such amount of time such small amount of time is 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 grievous to me and it is very tough i was on a, a conference call this morning with uh 
pastors from across the country. Uh, I'm part of this organization called Embrace. Uh, it's a multi-ethnic uh, uh, organization where we encourage intentional multi-ethnic worship. You know, that's that's what we're intending. Church planning and things like that. We, we it, it's intentional to be uh, be that way. Um, I was listening to two of the presenters this morning, and uh, although both are from Mississippi, one is based here in Mississippi, and the other one now uh, based in uh, California has a what we would call a mega church, multi-site church, and all of that. But both shared the same experience wrestling, and the other pastor here in Mississippi has a multi-site mega church also. But they both shared the same sense of um, of grief. You know, one one presenter said that this week not only will he have to do a birthday party for one family, he'll have to do a birthday party uh, and a funeral, and and that's how grieving it is. And the other pastor said he has a staff member and other persons that he is affiliated with, acquainted with, who have been in, infected, and they're suffering physically. And um, before there were even orders to quarantine or shelter in place, he had already seen the, since the since the urgency for those persons who had been out uh, in ministry in areas where uh, the virus was virus was growing out of the out of the country and in South Louisiana. And he's like, look, when you come back, just quarantine yourself. This was before uh, uh, the, the state or federal government began rolling that information out. And he said that was a tough decision. And both of them talked about having to furlough some of their church staff. And then looking more intently, like, look, if you don't really have anything to offer in this time, we really don't have anything for you to do. There's no need for us to pay you for not doing anything. And it's it's a tough. It is very tough in in this in this time in this time. And the Church of God in Christ, uh, the nation's leading uh, Pentecostal and uh, leading Black uh, Pentecostal association. Uh, is facing that challenge, and, and um, you can go to the old black church, and I use this reference all the time. Man, Brock, I want to give commendations to her for uh, all that she does with their website, and uh, she posted a video by presiding bishop uh, Charles Blake, who is the presiding prelate of the Church of God to Christ, and he giving them instructions on how to carry out the service. You know how to deal with this. This is traumatic, and it made me wonder. It made me really wonder why is this denomination, this Black Pentecostal denomination that teaches healing, teaches miracles, believes in all of this stuff, why are their leaders uh, dying from from this virus? And of course, we know uh, a lot of their leaders uh, contracted this as a at a funeral. In Michigan some weeks ago But it came to my conclusion I came to this conclusion You know they preach faith They're supposed to believe faith And they probably experience regular symptoms Of what we would see as a, a fever Cold or anything else And they did what we all black folk do We don't go to the doctor first <laughs> We wait till we get extremely ill Before we go to the doctor And, um, and That's just me I'm not saying that is what they, they did but I'm just saying that likely happened. And, and even myself, I believe I had the virus and, well, I had all the symptoms of the, of the virus and uh, all, I had all the physical. I mean, I had, uh, I, I just assumed it was just another upper respiratory infection that I get, you know, yearly, you know, when the weather and season change, that, that just happens to me. But it was more intense than ever before, and I'm grateful that I I was I I still had leftover medicine from a few months ago, you know, that I had I was able to take, and I, I, I did what I did. I 
I didn't know I was quarantining, but I stayed home. <laughs> that was challenging it enough, not going into the office and uh, or just going into the office to get necessary things, coming back and getting on my couch in my bed and resting with my humidifier and saying my prayers of healing and all of that. And the Lord saw me through. And I, I, I can't validate whether I had it or not. I'm just saying I had symptoms. <laughs> The Lord brought me through like he's bringing through so many others. Uh, I was grateful to see a report of a hospital in New Orleans that released this 1,500 patient from COVID uh, that had recovered from COVID. And I tell you, it brought me to tears seeing how they just celebrated the fact that that person is um, just another ordinary person. Nothing, nothing special about uh, this person, but that they fought the battle, and they won. Unfortunately for COVID, for the Church of God in Christ, a lot of these bishops fought the battle, and while they lost on this side, they won eternal victory on the other side. So my condolences go to them, and and there may be many others that are facing that challenge like the Church of God in Christ. Um, I just send you my condolences. And having said all of that, um, the question now is, let me get to this story about um, churches opening back up. The Christian Christian Post uh, posted a story about from Jamal Bryant, well, about Jamal Bryant speaking in regards to his governor's as I mentioned, stating that they they could open back up. And um, uh, Jamal Bryant, who is the pastor of New Bethel, (laughs) I started to say New Bethel. (laughs) That's my church, New Birth uh, Baptist Church, Missionary Baptist Church there in um, the Atlanta metro area, uh, writes this and or spoke this. uh, It doesn't matter. This is um this is what he said. If you have a decibel or moral integrity before Friday comes, pleading on your own conscience, even when evangelicals remain silent in desire, I stand and cry aloud, despare not that what it is you are calling for is contrary to the will of God who declare openly a came that you may have life, have it more abundantly. So that's what he said in the Facebook Live. He's asking that Governor Trip uh Governor Kemp reverse and retract his order. That's supposed to start on this coming Friday. Now, uh, in that order, it also, you know, said that churches can open back up. Um, let me find that. Uh, uh, bowling alleys, fitness centers, body art studios. So I guess that's tattooed and piercing. Cosmetologists, hair designers. Um, in their respective schools. All right, so I don't see anything about churches. Uh, Let me keep reading here. Okay, so I don't don't see anything about churches. I I was mistaken. But um, uh, Ira Bishop, presiding bishop for the Sith Episcopal District of the AME Church, Bishop... uh, Reginald Jackson uh, uh, put out a letter to his Episcopal district, and it made headlines both across the country and, you know, of course, in our connection. But this is this is, uh, you know, he he. Uh, let me just go ahead and read the letter that he, uh, Bishop Jackson sent. Bishop Jackson said, uh, and I'm just going to quote. He says, I'm not fully supported, and I am not fully supportive of this move and believe it's too soon, but he's asking all these churches to remain closed uh, this upcoming Sunday. Um, and he says that while health and scientists, experts believe Georgia has not reached the peak of the coronavirus in the state, that they may reach it, but they have not reached it, and that he is concerned for the health and welfare of his congregations, and he would like to see it flatten out, flatten the curve, 
before he opens back the churches. Now, and I am in complete agreement with that. That that's just common sense for me. Um, and both he and Pastor Bob, now folk forget a lot of well, not forget, but you know, Jamal is my brother in ministry. He's also you know, he's a uh, now Baptist, <laughs> but he was, you know, he was Methodist first. Uh, <laughs> his AME, bone bread, bone bread, AME, and now he Baptist. He he flipped the script, but then, you know, I I can't talk. I was born bread Baptist, and now I'm AME. <laughs> Who knows what I'll be next? No, I'm just kidding. But, um, uh, let I, I I didn't want to jump too far into this this idea of conspiracy, but I I do really want to address the, the reality of this thing. See the reality of this uh, COVID pandemic is that majority, especially here in the states, uh, the people who have died from it are overwhelmingly uh, black. And people of color, black and brown. Now, and the news started reporting the disparity and all of that, you know. And um, William Barber, who is the uh, leader of the uh, Poor People's Campaign, uh, Moral Campaign, uh, invoked President Trump's administration to, you know, do more for for this population that's. That's um, that's dying from this in greater numbers, and while I I, I completely understand this, I'm I'm be honest with you, you know, the reason we're dying from this is because we have no trust. We have no trust in the government. We have no trust in the healthcare system. I mean, all we gotta do is just think about Tuskegee, uh, the Tuskegee incident where for nearly forty years. What they did to us, black, uh, not us, but black men as an experiment, and they knowingly infected hundreds of black men with syphilis and watched them die just so they could learn more about how the disease killed. Think about the uh, intentional uh, structuring of the health, initially structuring of the healthcare system in this country. Way before Obamacare, intentionally designed to put us out. That's why we sent our, you know, our ancestors sent their sons and daughters to become medical doctors, nurses, and teachers, so that we could have our own. And we thrived when we had our own. You know, we have a way. We had a way of integrating home remedy. Holistic methods with science and medicine of the West and treating ourselves. And we lived a little better. We didn't live as long, but we lived better. And, and even that's a bit of a stretch. You know, that's that's a generalized statement. There's, that's uh, more theoretical than anything, but, you know. Not theoretical. That's more observational. Let me put it that way. More observational than than uh, real. But but when it comes to black folk, you know that's just the way we are. So I, I let me, I wanted to ease into this, but I, I'm going to go ahead and hit it head on. Black folk, we just need to stop trying to make everything against us. When most of the time we are against us, I said it. We need to stop making everything against us. When most of the time we are against us, it's not a, it's not a white people plot. And I know a lot of people saying because he opening it up, all you know, hair salon, tattoo, uh, all this stuff in Georgia, that that's because we frequent those more, and we're more likely. To go out and do it You know I don't want to think Case I, I, I just don't want to believe Any human being Any human being 
would be so devious as to knowingly do such a thing. Say, well, we're going to do it because we know that they're more susceptible, they're more likely to perish for this from this virus. So let's just open it up and watch them die. I, I really want to believe. I truly, really want to believe no human being would be just that evil and devious. Now, I know there are human beings who are like that. Trust me. I live in Mississippi. (laughs) I've been in the Deep South all my life. So I wouldn't put it past some human beings, especially here in the South, to have intentions like that. But I honestly hope and believe that no human being would especially if they're in government leadership, would be so devious. And there's there's talks of also the lieutenant governor of Texas. You know, a few weeks back, we uh, talked about him, and they they they, they scraped him, uh, they dragged him for a comment he said regarding senior citizens, and he could talk about senior citizens. He's a senior citizen. And, you know, they're saying, well, he said senior citizens should be willing to die to save the young folk. And that's not what he said, but that's what the headlines read. And many people bought into that. And uh, recently he just said something else. Um, and I was trying to pull up the the, uh, the statement and the source. Uh, I, I can't find it right now. But uh, he's being dragged again. And <laughs> y'all got to understand, politicians... Their whole, their whole uh, career depends on pandering in some capacity to the population that is more likely to get them reelected. And if you have a conservative pandering to uh, other conservatives, those persons are not going to say something that's going to sound moderate. That's not going to sound. That's going to sound centrist. That's going to sound populist. They're not going to do that. That would jeopardize, with the exception of Donald Trump. I don't know how he gets away with it. He's not a conservative. He's not, by any means, liberal, progressive. He's he's a populist. He says stuff people like hearing. And even when people don't like hearing him, he still gets away with it. I, I don't understand how he, he's mastered that. But... But the reality is, and I've gotten off that point, but the reality is that we have got to be careful, better careful. We are, as black folk, we are our own worst enemy. Okay, I've got to take a hard break. I'm going to come right back real quick. Uh, after this break, I'm going to make it a short break, maybe about a minute and a half. And um, when I come back... We're going to get into some of the conspiracies that uh, Christians are believing and the misinformation is coming back. And I'm, and I'm going to talk back a little bit more about this black, uh, <laughs> this black versus the coronavirus. All right. Be right back after this. You're listening to Zira Today with Dr. Lorenzo Neal. Yeah, at first I thought it was just the stress of moving. Hey, who's using that? Think we own stock in the electric company? I will turn this car around right now. There's nobody back there. I was becoming my father. It's been an adjustment, but we're making it work. You know, Progressive.com makes it easy for us to get the right home insurance. Progressive can't protect you from becoming your parents, but we can protect your home and auto. I'm Dr. Lorenzo Neal, and I speak with my fellow clergy about a way to enhance your life and ministry. Are you looking to better connect with yourself and those you minister to? When was the last time you explored your emotional intelligence and health? I want to offer you my service as a coach and counselor. I've developed a six-week coaching program with a specific focus on self-differentiation. My background in education, leadership, and community counseling psychology gives me a unique look 
is a connection between our emotional wellness and our ministry. Blending spiritual principles with a family systems approach to ministry, I will help you become a highly self-differentiated person with a ministry that is engaging, liberating, and transforming. Contact me at PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com to schedule your first session with me. I'm looking forward to hearing from you and working with you to serve this present age and to fulfill and engage all yourself to do your master's will. Blessings. All right, welcome back to Zero Today. I am your humble host, Dr. Lorenzo Neal. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we appreciate all of you who are helping us and uh, do what we do, and we appreciate to you. We want to invite you to uh, follow us on all the social media. You can go to the Facebook page, Zero Network, Pastor Lorenzo Neal's Zero Network on Facebook. Go there, like that page. Follow me on Dr. Lorenzo Neal on Facebook, and uh, you'll see stuff that I do. <laughs> I do funny stuff. I really do. Uh, uh, <laughs> so go there, Dr. Lorenzo Neal on Facebook, Zero Network on Facebook. Like both of those pages, and uh, you you get updates on stuff that I that I do and I post. And special on Zero today, you can hear archive shows. Also, um, this this is available on every podcast uh, outlet that you can think of: Apple, iTunes, um, iHeart, Wales, anywhere else. We're available. We appreciate you. Also, if you like to continue, to, if you like to support us, if you have been supporting us, thank you so much. If you have not been supporting us, I want to invite you to become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash Lorenzo T. Neal. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can help the help me do this show. Also, check out our YouTube channel. Uh, yeah, that's it. All right, enough with the self-promotion. I'm glad <laughs> to be able to do all that I do. So anyway, uh, let, let, me, uh, let me follow up with the statement that I was uh, – of uh, uh, the uh, – a little ramble that I went on regarding uh, the black church. I mean, not black church, but black folk. I, I was saying, I, I was saying before the break that we do more harm as black folk. We do more harm to ourselves because we are distrusting of of the government. We're distrusting of everything, <laughs> basically. And when we when we say that people are intentionally especially government officials are intentionally doing something uh, to, to directly harm us, it, it is dangerous. But but we have a reason for that distrust. We do. I, I, and I talked about, you know, like I mentioned, the uh, Tuskegee uh, syphilis re, uh, research thing. And I don't know exactly what it's called. Y'all, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, and there, there are many other things, you know, many other things. And we, we could talk about the wrongfully convicted brothers and sisters who serve in prisons because of, you know, government. You know, somebody was anxious to get an arrest. Somebody was anxious to prove a case. And without even fully investigating the case, they arrest some brother or some sister, throw them in jail and, and, now, because of DNA, they have to release them. You know, we have a reason to distrust the government. Trust me, we have a reason to distrust the government. And as pastors and black pastors, and and while I stand with um, pastors like uh, Jamal Bryan and Ralph Warnock down there in Georgia, many other many other pastors um, that I I I. I, I you know, I, I understand where they're coming from. I, I, I sincerely understand. And and while I see, as Jamal, uh, Pastor Brian was saying, you know, it's an assault on minority. I can see that. I, I, I see where they're coming from. I really I really do. I, and and I, 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 I am empathetic as well as sympathetic because I know as, as being a pastor, you know, having had to having had lost uh, members. Uh, indirectly because of this pandemic, uh, I, I really know and friends indirect uh, directly because of this pandemic, and acquaintances directly because of this pandemic. I, I completely understand, uh, but this is where my problem lies. 
and this is a political statement. It doesn't matter whether you're Democrat, Republican, progressive, liberal, conservative. It doesn't matter any of that. As black folk, when we continue things like this, and this is my opinion. You don't have to like it. This is my show. <laughs> um, when we when we when we buy into this sense of distrust, we further alienate ourselves as a community, broadly, generally, and we create a greater sense of distrust, which does more harm. And while I completely agree, we should listen to you know. The the health officials, not that they are omniscient in this moment. They are not omniscient. Science is a is a <laughs> is an ongoing process. You know, uh, they are not omniscient. And you know, Dr. Fauci and all these other doctors who are on television and you know making the the circuits arounds on on uh, television, they are not they are not omniscient authorities on this. They are not. Neither are they omniscient authorities on the economy, on social implications. They are not. They are scientists first. They are healthcare professionals first. From their perspective, in the healthcare sense, we should not reopen. We should be more careful and cautious. I completely agree with that. They are not governors. They are not business owners. They are not small business owners who have no income coming in because they can't do business. And this is where, you know, this is this is really where it hurts us as black folk. First of all, we are less likely to support our own to begin with. Our businesses are directly our black-owned businesses are directly being impacted by this. Our, our black-owned small businesses are directly being impacted by this. They can't have folk in their soul food restaurant, their barbecue joint, their juke joint, their club. Y'all know that's your reality. They can't do that. And it's hurting them. What do I think it should reopen? I no, I still don't think clubs should reopen. But you know, when it comes to the hairstylists, the um, cosmetologists, do um, I don't I don't know about tattoos, but all these other businesses, um, yeah, let let them have a few customers. Let them be. Let them decide how they want to. Handle their thing, you know, and I, I, I didn't mention mayors. Earlier. I commend mayors who are gradually trying to reopen their cities and their municipalities with caution, and that's the way it should be. Now, at the same time, when he says there's direct assault on minorities, I know it's also all about the dollar, because as black folk, we spend. We spend. We got the stimulus check coming. <laughs> I'm just using the vernacular, the emergency relief check. <laughs> we got the emergency relief check coming. If you haven't received yours yet, it's coming. Um, and we're going to spend that money. We spend. We have the GDP. If we were if all black folk, we'd have the GDP greater than some European countries. That's how that's how powerful of a uh a market we are. They know we're gonna go and spend money. And it they that's how the capitalist system works. And unfortunately for us in general, black folk, we are the biggest proponents of capitalism, even if we don't think we are. We are. It's it's a tough, it's a tough thing. It really is. But let, I'm I'm gonna say it this way. My church will not open anytime soon. I'm not I'm not in a rush to get folk back in there. And we're trying to figure out ways on how to integrate a more 
uh, comprehensive worship experience other than me just sitting sitting down in front of a camera in my office or behind the pulpit. We we're gonna figure it out, you know. I I was watching uh, Pastor Darius Daniels. I love him, and I like the way that he has. He has done that. I watch uh, Pastor John Gray, Relentless Church, and I like the way that they're doing that. I've watched several other smaller ministries, and that's a good thing. I get the church hop, <laughs> and I like what they're doing. But you know, this is this is short term, and my ministry is not created for you know. I, I'm not in. I don't know even if we get back if that part of this part will continue on. I really don't know. It may be integrated. We may start a live streaming service. I don't know. But we, we it's, it's a new age. It's a new era. And um, we just got to be careful. And, you know, I'm with the brothers, you know, as pastors. Try to encourage your members, even though the state reopens, even though your, your city reopens, do your best to encourage your members to still practice the safety, the guidelines, and all of that, because we want our lives. Our if we're gonna say Black Lives Matter in 2012, 2014, 2016, 18, because some black person was killed by a white officer or something like that, we're gonna say Black Lives Matter, and we need to say Black Lives Matter now in the same capacity, without white folk having to infringe it upon us. So we should try to be, you know, don't be calling them out because, you know, you, you think there's some ill intent. And as I said earlier, I, I, I hope with all my my all good hopeless, if that ain't even a word, but that there's no ill intention between these behind these governors who are choosing to reopen uh, their state in Florida, North Carolina, wherever it may be, I, I, you know, Texas, wherever it may be. Just, just believe that there's no ill intent for towards people of color, black folk, or anybody. Believe that they just want the economy to get back, you know, on on track. And and for those people protesting, y'all just need to learn patience, man. It ain't even been ninety days. You can't be still for. It's like I'm, I'm regarding I'm back to my my teacher days. You can't sit still for ninety minutes for a class. Come on, man. <laughs> Let's see the end of that. Let me let me, cause I'm running out of time, and I really want to talk about these conspiracies that a lot of Christians are buying into. Yes. We might be in the end times. Let me go ahead and get that in, out the way. We have been in the end times as a church since Jesus was taken up on the cloud. The people gathered in the upper room were not waiting for the Holy Spirit, even though Jesus said, wait until I send the Holy Spirit to you. They weren't waiting for that. They were waiting for his return. <laughs> and it's been 2,000 plus years later, and we're still waiting for his return. And Jesus mentioned all these signs, and yeah, we can reinterpret inter- uh, Revelation every year. Some something happens every time something happens. We reinterpret forms of Daniel, you know, prophecies from Daniel and and writings of Revelation to reflect this and say we're in the time. Yes, we are in the end times. That don't mean Jesus is coming back anytime soon. Just be ready. Be you also ready. You don't know the day or the hour. So. That that goes specifically for people who are uh, promoting we in the end time. Yeah, we in the end times. All right, move past that. Other theories. Five uh, G. <laughs> and I I want to refer you to an article on uh, Christianity Today that I I just thought was very fitting. Um, it says on Christians spreading Corona conspiracies. Gullibility is not a spiritual gift. And uh, Dr. Ed Stetzer uh, is the author of this, and he, he basically said, look, you buying into these conspiracy theories is not helping the witness of the church. And he says, look, the, global current, the current global pandemic has created a number, bumper crop of conspiracy theories. Sadly, Christians seem to be disproportionately fooled by conspiracy theories. And uh, he shares a link to a story back in 2017 that he wrote. Why we can't believe everything we read. 
or share on Facebook. And I, I would be honest with you, I'm tired of folks sharing stuff with me on Facebook that is easily disproven just by a simple Google search. <laughs> like uh, there's a there's a whole lot of videos going around of Alexa talking about uh, the government con- conspiring to create COVID-19 and all this stuff. And people forget you can program Alexa to say whatever you want. You can, you can do that, right? You know that, huh? <laughs> oh my God! So um, go check that that article out. It's on the Christianity Today uh, uh, site. And uh, talks about gullibility, and and you know, unfortunately, we we've been we we share so much stuff, and you know, uh, we're 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 called. We read scripture to not buy into these vain philosophies and and fables and and all of that. Well, today that would be you know stories on Facebook. <laughs> Even some media outlets sharing, and especially Twitter. Twitter is a it's a minefield for for all this stuff. And people just read headlines and share. They don't even read the story. They don't click on the article to read. I had a I had one person share a story with me, and I was like, "Did you read the article?" And they said, "Yeah, we wrote the we read the article." I said, "Are you sure you read the article?" They're like, yeah, we read the article. And I said, did you check the source? Like, yeah. And they, you know, they told me the source. I said, now, do you realize that source is a uh, satirical website? So none of their stories are true. All of their stories are intentionally false or misleading. And they hadn't done that. And I was like, see, this is why you can't be gullible. And I'm speaking in general. That's just a conversation I had with someone. But um, here, here's what he's saying. You know, he says that we uh, we should have a desire to speak the truth in love, but we should not be gullible in the process. So spreading any kind of uh, speculation that is disproven, has not been proven, that it has no evidence to support it. Is is bad. So you know things like the the 5G conspiracy, that now that 5G is towers are, are up, and we're spreading. You know that's how we're seeing the the spread of this disease because of 5G. Y'all do know that um they were saying that at the invention of radio, they were saying that at the invention of the telegraph, they were saying that as wires and all these. Telephone poles were going up and all this stuff. This is regurgitated theory. <laughs> For every new technological advance, there's always some kind of conspiracy that comes along with that. And, you know, that's easily disproven. And even if it is, I, viruses viruses do not spread by radio waves. Okay? They do not spread by in the air like that especially if they're they're um <laughs> uh, uh as a what I what is it they they're immune that means every time you use your telephone you should get infected with something <laughs> oh lord um there's the other thing about it being created in the lab now i i'm partial to believing that that's you know it, the strain came from Wuhan and uh, a lab in Wuhan. I I might want to buy into that. It it seems plausible and that it escaped, how it escaped, and all that. But you know, then I remembered I watched too many movies or watched Outbreak and I watched Pandemic. And <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. I'm I'm being a bit jovial with this. Uh, what else? That's uh. uh... Oh yeah, that was the ibuprofen. Uh, my dad and I had a, a talk about that. My dad's a pharmacist, retired, and um, if anybody I thought would never buy into conspiracy theory like this, I thought it would be him. And he said, "Well, well, son, um, yeah, I can believe it's true because of such and such data." I said, "Oh, he's throwing out data. I can't argue because I don't know data in that specific area." And I said, "But that." 
do you really believe it is possible? <laughs> he said uh, he doesn't know if it's really possible, but um, he wouldn't put it past anybody. <laughs> and, you know, there's a Wikipedia post. Um, and I, I guess you can just Google COVID conspiracy theories or coronavirus conspiracy theories theories and you'll find it and I just happened to do that and, and you know they they had list controversy conspiracies by country by geographic and ethnic you know and this is the biggest thing this is why I really spend a little more time on the you know the black thing because you know there's some who are saying that it's you know it's, it, it's a cleansing they're, they're trying to use it to cleanse you know for ethnic cleansing and all of that and uh, my whole retort to that one is if they've been trying to do ethnic cleansing through eugenics and through all these other things, it ain't work yet. And, you know, <laughs> it ain't going to work. So let's, that, <laughs> let's be myth busters on that. OK, no. But but again, I, we we just have to be careful. This is this is a very critical time for the church. It's a very critical time for the church because this is the time for our witness to the Christ to be more potent than ever, more present than ever, and more valuable than ever. People are in a state of confusion, anxiety, and um, uncertainty, and we can offer them hope through Christ. That's the only thing we can give them. We can't give them fortune. We can't give them predictions or anything like that. We can only give them the hope of a life abundant now in Christ and eternal later in Christ. That's all we have. And I know for some that may be insufficient. That's not enough. But to those who put their hope in that, that is enough. That is more than enough. What we should be doing. We we don't need to be political. We don't need to be conspiratorial in this. We need to stay on task of preaching the gospel. Think about just days after Christ had been reported as being raised from the dead. The folk in the back room got together and said, well, let's put a story and say his disciples took his body. Maybe that would calm them down. Maybe that would create enough of conspiracy that they won't believe that he was Messiah. And it didn't work. Even Paul talks about folks saying, well, maybe if we preach the gospel while he's in prison and um, we we portray ourselves as something that we aren't and we just say some crazy stuff that we can say the craziest stuff rep- representing Paul and people would think it's just so so crazy and unbelievable that they won't follow Christ but the exact opposite happening happened people were converting even though they were fake and they were they were false and they were all of this people were still converting so we have a great opportunity i'm speaking from as a pastor now we can do it we should do it so I'm, I'm going to close out this, and I hope you got I've said something to make you think. Feel free. Hit me up on the email, pastorlorenzoneal at gmail.com if you'd like to talk, uh, uh, or visit the Facebook page, Zeron Network, listen to it, and share your comments about the show, and I, I try to get to it and, and respond. But, I, you know, this is this is our opportunity. This is a great opportunity for us as a church, as the church triumphant. Global, not denominations, not orthodox, not not any of that. This is for the risen Christ that we can do that. Anyway, thanks so much for tuning in. Again, I want to invite you to uh, uh, follow us on all our social media. I invite you to follow uh, to support us on Patreon. I'm giving you all that information. Uh, Patreon.com/slash/LorenzoTNeal. Uh, we appreciate you. For all you're doing, check out our other podcast, Be Your Differentiated Self. We have an uh, episode coming up shortly, uh, later on, and uh, you can that's on anchor.fm, and you can catch us there. Visit my website, Lorenzo T. Neal, and whatever you do, keep the faith, keep hope alive, and go be a blessing to somebody. I'm out.